You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Jamie Bronstein, and welcome to Love Talk Live. Today, I have with me Sally Arias. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to see you again. You too. So we... We met at a, an entrepreneurial conference, basically, yeah. and it was just such an unbelievable conference, and I'm so happy to interview you today, and for the viewers out there, you're going to get so much inspiration and tips about businesses, growing business, relationships, etc. within the business, um, and just, you know, on this show, obviously, it's called Love Talk Live, I talk about relationships all the time. However, work-life balance, our relationship with our work and our life is also so important, not just our romantic lives. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read to you guys about Celi, and then we'll get into some great topics. So Celia Arias is a growth strategist and fractional COO that helps small businesses implement the key fundamentals and systems and simple systems they need to break through their revenue plateau. Celia holds an MBA and several multidisciplinary degrees that support her love of learning and teaching. She started and sold her own global fashion line, developed the marketing for a manufacturer, learned about sales through her experience in the luxury sector, yet kept being drawn to what makes a business work or fall apart. Her drive to fix the systems led her to operations, where she finds herself at the heart of what makes or breaks a business. An engineer at heart, she loves teaching her clients about systems and processes to achieve their true desire, freedom, and more joy. So, first of all, I would love to hear, before we get into the actual topics, um, a little bit more just hearing from you, your story, and how you got to where you are today. Oh my gosh. Well, um... I have four degrees. I heard you talking on one of your shows that you are doing, like you're studying spiritual psychology or that you did. I I did. Yes. I'm fascinated. We could talk for hours. Wonderful. Um, I find that really fascinating. I come from a creative background. I have a a performing arts degree in modern dance. And then I studied fashion design, had my own brand. I traveled the world as a teacher while I sold my clothing brand globally. Then I realized I needed to learn about business. So I got an MBA and then I got a master's of divinity because I'm fascinated by people, what we believe, what drives us, what moves us forward, right? So I'm clearly interested in what makes things work. Why do things work? Why do they not work? And I think that from being an artist and professional dancer to designer to like business, expert and growth expert it's like what what do you that makes no sense but it actually does make sense because I'm fascinated by what makes things work and how do you find that thing in a person that they have that moment that like uh, you know people call it the aha moment or how do you unlock someone to help them do whatever it is they're trying to do in life so that's the very very short story of how I got here Well, two things about what you're saying. First of all, I think it's so fascinating that you have an interest in aspects of a career and life that are both right-brained and left-brained because you have, you're the business, but also the creative. And usually people are really, really good at only one of them. 
And so the fact that you are good at both and you're merging the two is really cool. And you've studied both of them. Yeah. 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 I think I'm, I was always that person who was amongst the creatives that wanted to help them. I was like, Ooh, I can see what we could do here to get that gallery show opened. Right. I can see what we could do here. So I, I always wanted to help creatives, even when I was in dance companies and I was a creative, I always wanted to help people with the other side that they're not good at, which is why I then went and studied it. I believed that I was bad at numbers and bad at business. So I went and got an MBA and then I learned, Oh, it's, it's actually all creative. Really? It's all problem solving. It's so interesting because I have a client who a relationship client. Um, she is in finance and I always say, I'm always like, that's just so impressive, especially like a woman in finance. Mm-hmm. You must be so good at math. And she says she's actually not good at math, but that it's more about just kind of analytical, just figuring things out. And she's very successful at finance. And so I, I always had that story that you had to be really good at math to be in finance. Yeah. You know, it's funny, the stories that we tell ourselves yeah, Where'd I get really that? then impact how we walk in the world and then impact our relationships. And I feel okay. like how you impact your relationships is how you impact everything in your life. I mean, you probably see that all the time. Exactly. Right? And we do talk a lot about negative narratives on this. I mean, luckily for me, I didn't want to be a mathematician or I did not want to be in finance anyway. I was meant to do what I do. Um, But yes, negative narratives. And this could go into things that you do, like you were talking about the aha moment. Like I know with my clients, I help them shift from their negative narratives, which are lies, into the truth, the more positive narratives, which then propel them into the rest of their life and their truth. So do you have a specific example of how you do that or a a client that you worked with, how you got them to that aha moment? Yeah, I think it happens in business what tends to happen, which maybe it can be true for how we just are in the world, right? The things that you think you're not good at, you avoid, right? Absolutely. And so business is this beautiful place of self-development and self-work because it's very actually very easy to see the area of your business that you're avoiding because you believe you're bad at it. So numbers is a great example, right? Most of my clients think they're bad at numbers. Therefore, they don't like to look at them. So kind of along the lines of what you're saying is what I do as a former dancer and teacher, I make numbers fun. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to put them into this beautiful dashboard. That's pretty. It's easy to look at, right? I'm going to explain to you what each section means. We're going to make it fun. We're going to make it funny. And then every week I'm going to be like, how your numbers, girl, how you doing? How your numbers? And then over time, they're kind of like, they know Sally's going to ask me about my numbers. So I better be ready. But what's happening there is that I'm making it fun. I'm making you comfortable with reporting on your numbers until one day, and this this ends up happening with all my clients. First thing they do on the call is they go, okay, let me tell you about my numbers. Here's how we did. Here's our conversion rates. So therefore I'm doing this because I now understand why my conversion rates are important. Like all this stuff that in the past, if I had taught them in a traditional way, they would have gotten overwhelmed. We've made it fun. We've made it interactional. We've made it funny. Right. And so now they like text me and go, here's my conversion rate. Here's how we doing. Like, you know, and I'm like, 
done. Check. You're like, I've done yeah. my job. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But if I'm like, if I come in with this finance perspective, right. And teach something in this heavy way, we're never going to get through that belief. I'm bad at numbers. Right. Well, I love, I love that you make it fun because I'm all about fun. And what I'm, what I'm hearing is that you make your clients, you have this sense of accountability. And so they, they want, they're accountable to themselves, but they're also accountable to you. And so that also, it seems like psychologically, spiritually, everything is what drives them to do better and grow. And then it gets exciting and fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can see that for every area um, in someone's business, right? How they're showing up in their marketing, how they're showing up on sales calls, how they're showing up for their team. That's a good one. I mean, this is why when we were talking, when we met, I was like, oh yeah, we could talk about people and relationships all day, right? Because people always ask me, how are you suddenly going on so many vacations a year? And I'm like, guys, I make content about this all the time. I tell you all the time. I tell you the secret. My team, I have an amazing team. And I build out, I build amazing teams for my clients. And when you have that relationship and the relationship's working, then I can trust them mm-hmm. and be on vacation. Right. So what would you say are some nuggets or tips for someone who's watching this in relationship building within your organic business company? And I'm curious to have your thoughts or your feedback on this. And if you would agree or teach something similarly or how you guide people. But one of the things that I think when leaders are having trouble with their team, what I see is they aren't actually setting up their expectations. They aren't communicating their expectations, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the really easy, fun ways that I teach this is a lot of times people say, well, this person didn't do this. This person didn't do that. This person, you know, it's a lot of the pointing. And so I'm like, well, did you give them some, what I call your definition of done? I think Brene Brown talks about this too. Somebody else has coined this phrase, but so it's when you assign something to someone or you tell them what you want, did you express to them what your definition of done looks like? Right? So you're not just saying, Hey, go do this for luck in return. What's going to make me happy. What's going to make me satisfied is that you come back with an Excel sheet with this many columns and this many lists, and I'm going to be able to look at it and understand X, Y, Z, right? I gave you the definition of done. And so you know you're not done until you've covered at least those preliminary bases. I really like that. And to me, what it sounds like, and I relate everything back to romantic relationships, but it's it's setting an intention and also being very clear with your communication. Yeah. Because communication is so important in relationships and in business relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe like, like relationships too, right? We just assume because our partner loves us, they're going to know what we want. Right. And what we like and Mm -hmm. how we want it. And it won't come. Same thing. You interviewed a person and you maybe onboarded them and you maybe trained them doesn't mean they have the same values as you, communication style, culture, Mm -hmm. language even, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they're coming to the table with all of this intrinsic knowledge about you that you yourself have. 
So there's still all this constant development that you do in those relationships of like, oh, you meant that? When I, oh, you thought I meant that? That's so funny. I didn't mean that at all. Like how often does that happen, right? Yeah, so that happens in romantic relationships and businesses, in families, every type of relationship this shows up. So the answer is communicate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that some of my clients, what I see happen over time is some of these things that we work on, it starts to drop into life. Mm-hmm. My husband and I said X, Y, and Z this way because I realized I was just expecting him to know what I want to do for our vacation. And it's also with communication, it's how you deliver a message. Yeah. Oh, like you could say, you could say, I hate you to somebody. (laughs) But if you say it in a kind way, you know, it's how you deliver that message. Like if you're now getting back to business, if you are in your higher up position and you have this condescending energy about you, it's not, the message isn't going to be received well. But if you send a message with compassion and kindness. Oh yeah, absolutely. I also, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And speaking of like where you are in the relationship, I also always tell my leaders, it's okay to be wrong. And it's okay to say, just like in your relationships, I hope, right? Like it's okay to say, oh, that one's on me. That was my bad. And I think that what, what that creates in your team is a level of trust and kind of a level of transparency that the person also feels comfortable to come to you and say, I made a mistake. I did this thing wrong or I didn't do it on time or whatever it was, right? But if you show as the leader your willingness to say, I made a mistake or I was wrong about that or you were right, like the ability to do that in in a hierarchy of leader subordinate type of relationship changes the game and it's so hard for people to do yes and what's coming to me is that it's just having an environment where everybody gets to be human and you're being a leader you are being vulnerable and you're owning up and you're being human so you're giving your subordinates permission to do the same. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think sometimes we just forget that we're all being human, learning how to be better humans, right? I make mistakes all the time. And I see, I run, I've built several teams. I run several teams at a time as I'm training them. And when I admit to a mistake or something I missed or something that I just didn't catch or whatever, people are like, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You two will make mistakes. It'll be okay. We're, we're all here. We're all learning. And I think, and I say that sometimes to my clients and they're like, right, right, right. Yeah, right. We just need that moment of we're all human and we're all learning and we're all getting better. It's going to be fine. Tomorrow is a new day. And when you, I was just thinking when you say that to somebody who's lower than you, they probably feel like you're the coolest boss in the world. Like when you just say, it's okay, you made a mistake because this weight is lifted off and then you're creating this environment of, of 
it's almost like um, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, law of attraction, where when they, if they're scared of making a mistake, they're going to make a mistake. But if they, if the pressure is taken off of them, if I were to be human and make a mistake, it would be okay. And I wouldn't get fired or be in major trouble. Then there would be less mistakes because the fear wouldn't be there. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think that when mistakes happen, yeah, I, I don't that that a behavior or an attitude of taking responsibility faster. So what I think happens too is because I'm an efficiency queen, like I'm a systems nerd, right? I like systems because they actually create freedom in your life for you to go and enjoy your life, your free time, your money, your business that you always wanted, right? Um, so it's, I'm not like into the system for the system's sake. I'm into the system for what it can provide for you. But I find that when I work with people and make them really comfortable, it actually shortens the time, right? It shortens like the gap of time between the mistake and, and fixing it. And, and what I mean by that is when we're in fear, we do mm-hmm. all these things to protect ourselves, Right. So we either like skirt around it, try to try to hide it, pretend we didn't do that or didn't say mm-hmm. that. We spend a, we expend a lot of time and energy on covering our tracks. When you've removed the element of fear in a space and somebody has the ability to be like, oh yeah, let me just own that really quick. We, we've saved time. So it's like an efficiency thing, really. Everyone's happier for sure. There's more trust. There's, there's more of a positive, it's a place where you want to be. It's a place where you want to work. But also it just cuts down all that noise of like, oh, I'm scared. And now I have to cover my ass because I don't want to get fired or reprimanded or written up in some way. Right. We just go, yeah, my bad. I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to do that differently next time. And we keep it moving. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Everything that you're saying I'm just thinking, oh my God, I'm going to refer you to so many people (laughs) because so many people could use this type of system. This, the word that keeps coming to me also is just compassion. Yeah. You're teaching compassion to leaders, empathy, and just like in families or romantic relationships, in business relationships, in the world of business, having compassion, it's so simple just for one another. It's so simple. Yeah, it's so simple. And it it's it's a process and it can be learned, right? Sometimes I think we talk about feeling words, especially in business, if you talk about compassion, you know, you're gonna get a lot of people who are just like, Ugh, you're you're not the coach for me. You're not gonna grow my business, right? But it's it's more than just a feeling, it's actually a system. Like if you've created compassion in your team, in your business, on on the inside and everyone's supporting each other, you'll, you're going to be amazed at how quickly people help each other internally. Yeah. Then, right. Yeah. Cause then you more of a family feeling. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am just looking at my notes here, but also there, I read an article years ago about the, I don't know if he's CEO creator, something of LinkedIn, this uh-huh. man, this amazing guy. And he, who has, obviously created this empire and this such a successful thing in this world that we all appreciate so much. Um, He was talking about 
everything that we're talking about. This is how he runs his business. And this is why it's so successful. So, you know, I think that's really fascinating because I, I know and have worked with the coach that coached him <laughs> and that's really fascinating. And now this, and this guy, what he says is at the end of the day, all we want, you're going to love this because it's right behind you. All we really want is more love. Yes. Yes. In every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling needed, feeling valued, feeling wanted. Yeah. I mean, what's more important than feeling on purpose? Mm -hmm. I always, I always say that to people, like, let's free you up so that you feel on purpose every day so that you feel that you are in your purpose and what you're doing every day because you spend a lot of time at work. So what's more important, what's more meaningful than that when someone feels valued, that their purpose matters, that the work they're doing matters? Like what, what's more important than that? And then also, who are you when you go home to your family and to your friends? If you had a great day at work versus if you didn't have such a great day at work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're doing something that's just not in alignment with what makes you, you. Yeah. That purpose, that passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So back to, you mentioned you going on vacation and then you were talking about freedom in the, in the aspect of really being in alignment with what your passion is. So let's talk about freedom a little bit more because I just, um, Freedom can mean so many things to so many people, and it's such a wonderful quality to to embody. Yeah, um, sure. Well, what do you know? One of the number one reasons that people become entrepreneurs or build a business for themselves: financial freedom, financial freedom, and just freedom from the boss. Yeah, yep, freedom from the boss and freedom from checking in at some nine to five that they don't enjoy. That's a lot of times why people go into business. You may have a great idea, but you need more to drive you to do all the things you're going to have to do. It needs to be more than a great idea. You need to desire that freedom. That's one of the number one thing. Mm -hmm. But what I see a lot of people do, a lot of entrepreneurs get themselves into build a business, create a business, and they create their new nine to five job because they're like they're a slave again somehow yeah absolutely because they're repeating either systems that they've they're modeling from their old job right because we we repeat what we know right mm-hmm. we repeat patterns that we know um or they don't know how to actually be the boss and be an entrepreneur and not have their fingers in every single jar right like they're they're doing it to create freedom, but then they're too micromanaging. Too yeah, absolutely. So it's like you start this business to create the freedom that you always wanted financially and in your mm-hmm. life, free time, working four days a week, three days a week, you know, whatever that is that you're doing up a week, I don't know, typically 80, 90, a hundred hour weeks. So um, I always say the systems will set you free because you have to create systems in your business and train people to support you in those systems so that you are no longer doing everything. And that is, that's where we start to create freedom in business for people. Does that make sense? So can you 
give us examples of, can you name different types of systems? You're saying create systems. So like there's, would you say there's this type of system, then there's this system, there's multiple systems. So can you talk about what are the different systems? Yeah. And that's actually an excellent question because I think we use all these like words and jargon and it's like, what does that mean? And right. If somebody's watching, they're like, Ooh, I love what you're saying, but like, tell me more. What is that? Right. A system is anything that can be repeatable, multiplied, ideally done by someone else. That's it. Right. So here's a fun one that a lot of people love. You can create a system for someone else to check your email, right? I mean, I think that a lot of people get very stressed out by their inbox and by the idea of getting to inbox zero and how do we do that, right? Well, there are systems that you can create of, you create certain rules, right? And you can have a VA that checks your email for you. So for example, I have five different emails account. I don't check any of them. I just get a message very early in the morning with a rundown of these are your most important ones. These are your most important emails that need to respond today. Everything else I've already cleaned up for you, responded, scheduled what I could, you know, did whatever I could do. And the rest are in the to read folder and the rest are that are long-term projects are in the project folder. So I never go through my inbox and actually just spend my morning, my first hours of the morning going through my inbox and cleaning up. Somebody else does it for me. And typically I have about eight to 10 emails that are actually important that I actually need to respond to. I have a question because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here. I'm like pretending I'm your client right now. <laughs> here's my prop. Here's what my story is. Okay. Uh, I love this. Go. That. Yeah. Because... I'm a bit of a micromanager, so I would be worried that the person who is in charge of, because I do have an assistant and I have two types of assistants for, for different things, but they don't touch my emails. There are certain emails that they might send out. And mm-hmm. so they're just, they've started the email. They're in communication. I have media people that reach out to my assistant directly, but there are certain emails that I would just be worried that it's like not in my language or they didn't answer the way that I'd want to. And so it almost becomes if I were to allocate that and let somebody take over, completely take over all my emails, that I would be worried. I would just be worried. Yeah. No, I think that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. And you bring up a really good point. Uh, you can build a system to work for you. Let me give you an example. You have to find the right person also. You do have to find the right person that you can train and that is trainable and they don't have to sound like you. They don't have to be perfect. They just need to be able to take feedback and apply it. Okay. So you're about to give an example. Um, Absolutely. Like to now my assistant probably knows more about my life than I do. I say that to a lot of people and I, I mean it. She probably, she knows my bills, schedule. I mean, she knows more about me than, than I do sometimes, but she knows the emails that she can't respond to, right? We've been there and done that. And then on my super busy days, cause she sees my schedule, she will also jump in and respond to something and say, Hey, this is Sally's EA. We might've met at some point. We might've talked at some point. We, you know, she may know them or not. I'm stepping in here and letting you know X, Y, Z. 
Right? Yeah. She doesn't jump in and try to be me or respond as me. She is smart enough to know, oh, wow, you are in, it's, it's that, it's your client day. You're in back-to-back meetings and this person needs an answer. And so I'm going to redirect them to where they need to. And then I'm going to let you know, hey, respond to this by such and such date. Right. So we it. never get into this weird thing of like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you said that to that person. Like one time we had a really good laugh because my, my mother, who's a doctor wrote me an email and she didn't, and we have different last names. So she didn't realize it was my mother. And she responded to my mother in a really professional tone and like oh. not seeing clients. This is like her non-client day or bubble, something like that. And I was like, it's okay. That's my mom. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I mean, that's like that such a good story. Yeah. Right. Um, it takes time too, right? Again, back yeah. to, we're to get in the group. We, we're humans. We need to communicate what we expect. We need to give people space and air to grow into, right? So we didn't get there overnight. I gave her one inbox at a time. I t- flagged the people like, these are my clients. These are my friends. Mm. These are my family members right? Um, these are the type of things that are important. These are the type of things that you can just send to my chat, like any offer sales, anything like that, just get it out of my face. I just don't even want to get sucked in. These are the news publications and newsletters. I like to read, put them in my, to read, uh, anytime or leading, take all the data, put it into my calendar. You see how there's so much you can get off your plate. Yeah, I'm kind of really liking this idea. You're like, hmm, revisiting email programming. Yes, yes. let's go. Take away the worry of micromanaging. Yeah, yeah. So you you can pour into that person over time. It's just like relationships. What would what would life be like if we met some guy on a first date, expected them to be perfect? What would you say to me? If I'm like Jamie, he but he wasn't perfect and he didn't tick off all my boxes on the first right. date, what would you say to me? I would say you need to work with him a little bit. What were the good qualities? You know, give him a chance. Did he did he have your non-negotiables at least? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But I love that you're bringing this up because um, as many relationships, I mean, I was a huge dater. I was called the kissing. Now, I wasn't like promiscuous. I was just, I loved dating. To me, it was fun. And that's why I think it's good that I help people with it because they look at it as daunting. But anyhow, so... I had I had a bunch of boyfriends before my husband. However, this was really obviously the the deepest relationship and the most um, and the longest and everything. And something that I learned, I remember having this moment, maybe like a year or two or th- I don't know. At some point in my relationship with my husband, we've been married for eight, almost eight, no eight years now, and then um, together for ten or eleven. But I remember feeling like wow, I thought I knew him. And then like a year later, wow, we, I thought we had this down or wow. I thought we understood each other. Cause it really takes so much time because as people, we are so complex in relationship happen to bring, to bring up learning more about each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is perfection. I've experienced the same thing and I think the same holds true for the people we work with. Okay. Right? I knew I knew we would be able to bring in a business. <laughs> I'm like, oh yes, you want we 
you know how you said you I can you you said to me I can always bring things back to relationship and I was like I can always bring things back to business so let's go let's do this right and, and we're doing it yes yeah okay um so any last tidbits of things you'd like to add in that you feel like you want to inspire people with you haven't talked about yet anything that anything oh my gosh I think um in terms of freedom because you had a question about it what I always say is find the one thing that you hate doing and see if you could figure out how to train someone else to do it for you not to perfection on the first try but see if you could train somebody to do it and that's a way that you start building a relationship with an assistant or someone and starting to have a little more space and freedom in your life. I like that. And I love that. And I also love the energy behind it because it's, to me, it's like start small to start with one thing, you yeah. know, at the conference, we kept hearing about overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. When you feel overwhelmed, you don't have to do everything at once. And so I love that you're like, just pick that one thing that's bothering you the most. Yeah. Yeah. Good tip. Absolutely. It's a great nugget. Okay. So how can people find you? How can people work with you? Plug away with all your socials, all your blah, blah, blah. Oh, thanks. Um, I put it in the chat because it's people get confused about how to sign it. So I am in social medias on Instagram or Twitter on all the good stuff. And you can also go to, from there, there's a link tree. You can go to my website and book some time to talk to me and see if I can help you grow your business. And what is your website? sellyarias.com so easy easy. wonderful um and as always everybody can find me at therelationshipexpert.com all my information is there um and i'm just so happy i met you i love doing you know obviously i do a lot of shows that are literally about singles couples breakups divorces um but it is it's nice to have different aspects of relationships to talk about because everybody could benefit from all of these different aspects of relationships as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I think you'll find this really funny. So I'll just share it with you. I'm really an introvert and I went for many, many years without dating at all. So I decided one year to go to date and do a whole dating profile and the whole thing. And I just approached it like a system. (laughs) I did because the introvert me would never, ever, ever have done it. I would have stayed in my very comfortable overworking shell, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was like, I'm going to build a system for it. I'm not going to judge anyone. I'm just going to say yes. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go and have fun. I'm going to learn about myself. And at the end of the night, I'm going to journal or vlog about what I liked and what I didn't like. And I'm going to take this on as a system and, you know. I'm married now, so. I love that. <laughs> it's like you were so in your integrity. You're like, I have to do it my way. Yeah. Yeah. If I had, if somebody said, just go date, I would have never done it. The the introvert in me would have been like, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be over here. I'm cool. We're good. Right. So I had to create something that was like a game and a challenge and that I would actually do. And people in my life were like, who are you? what has happened? What happened to you? Like so you went from like no dates for years to, you know, 40 dates in a year. I was like, and it's also about getting out of your comfort zone, which you, you did, you pushed yourself, but, but I love that you did it in your way. That's such a good, 
I feel like I'm going to use that when I have a client who maybe is more businessy and not, and a little introverted. I'll say, well, I have this success story to tell you about. Yeah, absolutely. And fun fact, I didn't end up with any of those people that I did it. You know, but the, but you got the experience and you the experience loosened me up in a way that I bumped into somebody I happened to have already known for 18 years. And he was like, something's different. Something's different about you. You just seem more at ease and more relaxed. I was like, probably because I've been on so many dates, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> right? I'm just like, I was so relaxed and so myself, fully myself in this social setting. But he was like, something's different about you. Kid you not, met this guy when I was 20 years old. I've been friends with him for 18 years before we ever went on a date. And that, and now how long have you been married? Uh, we've been together for almost three years. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I love a good story. And we're almost out of time. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah. But I am making a documentary about couples. So maybe it sounds like you guys have a really good story. So maybe I'll. Oh, it's, like, it's hilarious. It is oh, really hilarious. Like, people, people will ask us all the time, like, couldn't you have figured this out earlier? And we're both like, no. No. <laughs> it's all about time. And the most important thing you just said is that you were showing up as a whole person, your authentic self. I was really comfortable just being me and being like, this is it. Some, some guys like it. Some guys don't, but you know, it's all good. Well, maybe I'll do, we'll do another episode if he's, yeah. if he's up for it. And with both of you guys talking about yeah. it. Well, he's, yeah, he's in he's media. Actually- so he's hilarious. Um, and yeah, you'll okay. Well, tell that. him, tell him the idea. See if you okay. got one, and then we'll we'll book that. So everybody, get excited for part two. <laughs> we'll How really this talk about it. got in, got a relationship? Okay. Well, thank you so much once again. This was such a great discussion. So inspirational yeah. for people. And um, thank you everyone for joining us. And join us every week at two p.m. Pacific Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. Have a wonderful day and evening, everyone. Bye bye. Thank. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.